0: Welcome back. This is Robert Fleming, one of the partners at Fleming and Curdy PLC, a Tucson, Arizona elder law firm. This is Elder Law Issues, our weekly podcast, and you're listening to me and Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman, another one of the partners here at the firm. Welcome, Elizabeth. We're going to talk today about managing the affairs of another living person. Of course, you can do that in a number of different ways. You might have a power of attorney. You might have a a trust that you are the trustee. You might have gone to court and been appointed as conservator of the estate. That's the language we use in Arizona, by the way. It might be different in your state, which is an opportunity to remind you that we are Arizona lawyers and we know something about Arizona law, but we're not so good at the law of other states, except in those cases where it happens to be the same. Anyway, you're managing the money of someone else. And um, and so, Elizabeth, does that mean that you need to make sure they don't spend any of their money on alcohol or gambling or or massages or things that somebody is going to disapprove of?
1: No, Robert. In fact, you need to remember whose money it is. It's not your money. And I think that's a fundamental reminder that we have to tell people. We know that you're worried your mom maybe buying expensive bottles of wine at total wine we're worried that you're concerned that she might be charged a little more than normal at the hair salon or that the caregiver is going to take her to the casino these are good worries to have but remember this is this is her money and you need to be mindful about the ways in which you can create some structure and oversight but also really respectful of her autonomy. If she is able to figure out what a 20% tip is when she goes to get her haircut, you know, let her make her 20% tip. Let her be the one to hand the credit card or the cash to the person who has provided the service. You know, of course, if she starts having trouble counting or she starts having trouble keeping track of cash or her credit card, those are things and signals that, that we need to pay attention to. But the general idea of making sure that you're supportive of the autonomy that somebody has is, is so important.
0: And if your mom has suddenly become a better tipper than she used to be and she's started giving 25% tips, let her. Uh, it's not. that's not the sort of thing that you are in in charge of preventing. Now, a different thing, and this comes up. We have this, this story happen in our cases um, not infrequently. Well, the hairdresser or the caretaker or somebody explains that they have a hard time getting to work and they won't be able to do as much work because their car broke down and one thing leads to another and pretty quick. The person is giving their car to the caretaker or the hairdresser or the, the landscaper or whoever it is that has, uh, that, that has impressed them with their need. That you need to interfere in and, and prevent. Um, I guess I can imagine circumstances where it might be okay to give a car or a down payment on a car or some significant gift to somebody, but the general rule is no but 25% tips or 30% tips or a $50 bonus to the landscaper. um, Give people the personal dignity and autonomy to make those decisions, even if they're not the decisions you would have made.
1: And I think Robert, this is especially true when we look at people wanting to be in the community and have some fun, right? It's a nice thing to be able to take your neighbor or your granddaughter out for lunch And yeah, maybe you're going to have the crab bisque and the expensive entree and dessert, and you're going to pay for your granddaughter, or you're going to pay for your caregiver to have a meal with you. You know, These are things that we need to remember. People are living their lives out in the community. Having you call ahead to say, here's the credit card, and make sure that mom just has the soup and salad combo, that's what she wants. Well, no, maybe that's not what she wants. And so one of the big questions I tend to ask people is, listen, is the person alone or are they having company when they're stopping by the Starbucks at the grocery store or going out to lunch or getting a mani-pedi. These are all positive things that get somebody into the community, out of their house, and socializing. So there's another element of that, right? It's pretty lonely to sit at a very nice table at a nice restaurant with a meal in front of you and nothing in front of your friend across the table.
0: Or no friend across the table.
1: Or no friend across the table because the friend is being told to sit in the car. Well, that's, that's not fun. Um, and so I would just, i tell people, think about this and remember, again, it's not your money. And so I think that's, that's one of the hard things is, you know, you're a gatekeeper, you're responsible. But again, this is not, you, you're not the one whose name is on the account.
0: And, you know, I, I feel like I need to say if the person who is, your mom is going to take out to dinner and treat to the nice dinner in the nice restaurant is you the person managing the money, different answer. Because you need to be like Caesar's wife, you need to be above reproach. And so you need to figure out a mechanism where you can slip your card to the, to the maitre d' at the same time and, and, uh, and have them split the bill. Or you can uh, reimburse your mom's estate for the, the cost of, a, of the fancy meal or whatever. And you need to do it at the time. You need to not wait till the end of the month and say, oh, I'll take it as a credit against the hours I spent or something else, or I've told my sister that I'm doing this and it's okay. Uh, no, when you're the beneficiary of your, your of the largesse of the person whose money you're managing, uh, you need to be more circumspect.
1: And I think Robert being able to, in that kind of interaction, say, you know what, mom, this makes me really happy to do and I love helping you in the ways that you need help, but this is really a responsibility that you're giving me that I'm taking seriously, and I know that you appreciate the help, but let me, let me follow through with this responsibility. I'm treating this very seriously." You know, sometimes just a little acknowledgement of how special and honored you feel to be in that position of trust helps change a little bit of the focus from what you're not allowing to actually the great honor that you have in, in being trusted in those ways.
0: One of the things that we see a lot is that the subjects of conservatorships or trust administration, or for that matter, powers of attorney, they're people who have long used cash. They're from a generation that cash was the ordinary way you paid for so many things. And they're, they really, um, they're, they're sort of insistent on having some cash on their person. Is it okay to give somebody who is demented, whose affairs you're managing precisely because they're not very good with money, to give them $100 cash or $1,000 cash?
1: Great question, Robert. Well, it depends. Some cases, you want to be able to be very mindful of when you're giving the cash, on what date, and exactly where it's going. So no, I would not go to the bank, take out $1,000, and have my demented parent um, put the hundred thousand, put the $1,000 in their back pocket and, and walk off to the supermarket. Yeah, I, I would not do that. But would I go to the bank with my parent who is demented and take out $200 for, the, for her to use and, and be able to have when she goes to the nail salon and, and maybe later in the week spend something when she goes to Safeway? Sure, okay. I mean, that's we're talking two very different things. One of the things, the challenges that people have is delivering cash to the house, which is a request we get all the time. You know, Elizabeth, I can't drive anymore. Fleming and Curdy is my trustee. I need to have at least $500 cash a week delivered. Okay, well, you know, Robert, we have protocols and procedures around that with receipts and, and how we handle funds. And one of the things we watch is for a buildup of cash. And actually, that's a really good thing to see. When we are dropping off or delivering cash to somebody and we see that the cash is still in the right-hand drawer under the Moby Dick book, that, that's a good thing. It means that they know it's there, it's giving some peace of mind, but we don't need to keep adding to it. So that's the other thing is sometimes we say, well, and when it reaches $1,000, we are not going to be bringing you $200 a week because that's a good savings that you have there.
0: Absolutely right. We are very fond, and we don't usually give commercial plugs, but we're very fond in our office of a, a product called TrueLink, which is a, a sort of a prepaid debit card that allows, allows you to uh, prevent the cardholder from getting cash out of it if you're so inclined, allows you to prevent them from using it at certain kinds of locations, and most importantly, allows the person who set up the card, to monitor how the how the funds are being used and we find that's a really good way to give some some personal autonomy and dignity to people that uh, that we can keep an eye on that on that Trulink card add more cash to it as need be and uh, and make sure that they're not doing something um, really crazy and and uh, unsupportable
1: and it also helps any kind of folks you've got on the caregiving team know that there are resources there to use if going to pick up groceries or taking your mom to lunch and that there's actually some oversight there that will provide some comfort to them that you know they're not going to be accused of stealing. Um, you'll actually be able to see how much they did pay for that meal at lunch and um, I, I think the TruLink card is a, a great solution a lot of times and I think Robert we talk about cash too when it comes to holidays and gift giving and can't we just send um, you know my niece Susie some money in cash Let's not put cash in the mail these days. (laughs) Let's try and get away from that. But let's talk about could we uh, get Susie some flowers? Could we get Susie a gift certificate to a restaurant in her neighborhood? When we have older adults who will ask us to send cash to a relative because it's that person's birthday, we try and think of other gifts to send. And sometimes that that checks the box. It's really just showing that the person is is being remembered that that we try and have help with
0: and remember Susie won't write a thank you note no matter what you do so just give it up (laughs) thanks Elizabeth for chatting with me about this handling living expenses in the state administration Uh, I'm Robert Fleming I've been talking with Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman we are two of the partners at Fleming and Curdy PLC a Tucson Arizona elder law firm and this is Elder Law Issues, our weekly podcast. We, we hope and trust that you will join us again next week. Thanks.